Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American community from around the regions and country. I want to introduce you to Matt Bars, a filmmaker out of Norman, Oklahoma. He's a Wichita, Kiowa, and a Dakota, and is currently a candidate for the Bachelor of Arts at the University of Oklahoma. Matt has created short and feature-length documentaries, including the much-acclaimed doc, I Said I Would Never Paint This Way Again, a film that focuses on the Urban Indian Five out of Oklahoma. What makes Matt so interesting, besides being this new generation of indigenous filmmakers reminiscent of the new Hollywood filmmakers of the 1970s, it's his love for Halloween and horror films, and it's this annual countdown which is really an education in film horror. So, let's jump into this interview with Matt. Matt, hi. Thank you for, for joining us at Five Playing Questions. How are, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh no! It's an honor to have you here. I'm really excited about this. Uh, so let's let's just jump into it. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you're from? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my name's uh, Matthew Matthew James Bars. Um, I go by Matt by a lot of people, but um, other um, Matthews. Uh, fine as well that's 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 my given name uh wichita kiowa dakota um i was born in watertown south dakota i'm not sure if you knew this did you know this i didn't know this no um and i lived in sisseton for the first three years of my life little uh, little town are, are you familiar with sisseton i grew up in sisseton Wow, small world. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I have I have some vague memories. Not really, uh, uh, kind of vague memories of growing up there. But um, and we visited since it's, it's been a while. But um, uh, yeah, we moved to. I live in Norman, Oklahoma, right now. It's, we moved there when I was about three, and I've I've lived here ever since. Um, and uh, really, growing up, um. Well, right, like right now, my background currently is in film and video production, but it's always, to me, it's always, it always has been. Um, we were, we were a movie family. Um, we would watch, uh, I, I mean, even back then, we were, our lives kind of revolved around watching movies. Um, when we uh, were in transition, um, we had a little, um, I'm kind of revealing my age a little bit, but we had a little thing called a, a video disc player oh yeah so that would uh <laughs> when mom and dad had to um uh, either go to work or were they're running around doing stuff and we had uh they couldn't necessarily they you know, I, I need to uh, stress that while we watched a lot of movies i, I my, my parents did a good job raising me i don't they didn't just throw me <laughs> just throw me in front of a tv and, and and they were aware of what we were watching too uh, um but uh but movies were kind of a big part of our our discussions uh kind of uh, weekends when we, we could afford it we would uh go to the cinema i think the first movie i went to was a re-release of um 
I feel like it was Empire Strikes Back. It's debate. We debate whether it was um, Rares of the Lost Ark or Empire Strikes Back. But uh, those those were one of the first. One of those two were the first movies that I saw. And so, um, yeah. And then so the video disc players that kind of they had a collection that um, I would kind of I devoured. Uh, my sister and I would. Um, and so they had a, a pretty pretty wide selection. Of a lot of Disney movies. Um, there uh, Clash of the Titans, Time Bandits, Escape from New York. Um, I even watched um, On Golden Pond or um, uh, which I just went blank. Um, not Terms of Endearment. But anyway, I, I would watch kind of these uh, uh, just a, a wide range of movies at, at a young age. Cause, I mean, partly because there was nothing to do, but I guess um, a lot of it was uh, I just – I was kind of fascinated and by the by the movies. Um, I feel like around I, I, I always kind of I'm not quite sure of the timeline, but I, I feel like it was around the age of eight or whenever I was in the second grade. I'm not sure one of those two. Um, it was kind of when I really it hit me the fascination with how movies are made, and uh, that's kind of something that I felt like I wanted to. Do I, I wasn't thinking about careers, but I just thought, man, that's kind of cool making movies. So, um, or telling stories within that in that medium. Um, so we also had, in addition to the video disc player, um, something called a a VHS uh, camcorder, and uh, we were lucky enough to have one of those. And they they bought it, I think, primarily for family trips we'd, we'd take trips every summer we'd um uh dad liked to record powwows a lot um but just kind of recording kind of the the daily events not daily events but events that would uh were notable um and uh i uh took it upon myself i kind of took the camera and then i had some neighborhood friends and I had my sister and so we would kind of make these little short commercials and um it kind of we we watched we did watch some saturday night live so we we were we kind of initially do commercials and then snl type skits Uh, we would take kind of characters that snl had and do our little own take on them we had we did have a, a wayne's world show that we did and so um there was a little forested area um, where we lived, where I would we would go hang out and make forts, but then we would also make little adventure movies. And they got some of them were actually pretty good. I've, I've still got them, and every now and then I'll revisit them. And um, kind of, uh, we we didn't really have any editing software. There was no editing software then, and uh, even if we did have it, I don't. I wouldn't have kind of the the know how or to to learn how to edit um, with with a, either a linear or a nonlinear, we, we didn't have any type of. I, I just had the video camera, so we would have to edit in camera, um, and we kind of figured this out on our own. Um, so, so we did all kinds of the neat things. Uh, editing in camera, it's basically you're editing, you're shooting your movie um, without with. with in sequence and taking different camera angles and 
uh, basically just shooting as you go. And that was kind of my first exposure to any type of editing. Um, and that we did that for a while. And then I um, uh, went to uh, high school and kind of uh, that kind of cooled off a little bit once I started growing up a little bit and uh, got into studies more. And then I was introduced to their uh, Norman High School had a media class. They still do, but um, uh, so I did their media class, and that kind of opened my eyes up to a little, a little bit more of kind of the world of. Um, they were more. They would focus more on broadcast television, like like um, like the the news or creating news packages. That was kind of their their focus. But that still got me really interested in even more interested in the idea of. Um, uh, making movies um and that carried me over into college but uh like i can get into that a little bit a little bit later too i remember in high school we um we wanted to do a uh, a sort of saturday night live uh skit ourselves and so we went out and we filmed the different uh the different sequences. And I remember the, the live update sequence <laughs> and all that. And I remember <clears throat> it was the same thing. We, we didn't know how to edit. So we got it, uh, two VCRs together and uh, just basically had one as a record. And we would try to piece together uh, a master tape from the, the footage that we had shot. Uh, very crude, but it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We we. I did kind of that. We didn't do two VCRs. We did. We used the the camcorder and the v, and the VCR that we had. Mm-hmm. So we we would edit like that. But then I learned real quick um, with with VHS that uh, the if you do it too much, the, you know the the quality will eventually uh, yep. <laughs> degrade. I learned that real quick. I'm like, what, what's wrong with this? I'm like, oh, okay. So um, yeah, but yeah, that was that that was one of the many. Um, experiments that we did also yeah it was it was it was good good times yeah oh that's great yeah <clears throat> so growing up and as your um interests were starting to form uh who were your biggest influences who were you paying attention to um growing up wow okay that's th- this can kind of go all over the place um uh, i you know uh Kind of the fan- fantasy movies, uh, movies that Spielberg and Lucas, uh, those were uh, obviously kind of the bigger ones for me. And then kind of as I got older uh, into high school, I started discovering, oh, man, I, I know we have Amazon and Amazon and all sorts of streaming services are great uh, with Hulu. Um, I really miss video stores. Uh the the idea of walking into physically walking into a place and seeing kind of these uh, pieces of video box art and kind of being intrigued by uh, what is this going to be good is this going to be worth my time uh, you know um, and discovering kind of these new um, these new artists or new or old artists really also um, so I my influences were going all over the place as as I was discovering. Uh, I kind of appreci- got a new appreciation for horror. Um, John Carpenter was a big one. Um, uh, Wes Craven. Uh, and then even more into high school, like my, I, I 
wasn't looking so much for the the, the visceral image uh, that those guys uh, would create. Um, I got into more uh, dialogue-driven movies. Um, I got Richard Linklater's a good one. Um, Coen Brothers, uh, and now um, now that I'm in college, uh, I'm kind of discovering a lot of filmmakers I, I never would have ever in the first place. Um, a lot of French new wave, uh, filmmakers, mm-hmm. um, Agnes mm-hmm. Varda, Agnes Varda is so good. I just discovered her, uh, earlier this, this month. And I, 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 I don't know how I existed before knowing, uh, any movies like that, um, uh, were available. Um, so I'm, I'm still, even to this day, I'm still really, um, uh, finding new influences, uh, in, in that medium. Um, now, I am also, as as I'm moving along, as I get older and in my career, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, contemporary artists, uh, especially native filmmakers. Um, I'm I'm really keeping an eye out on uh, uh, Chris Ayer had Smoke Signals, um, which you know that was kind of that was you know he's like the he's like the Native American Spike Lee's you know mm-hmm. just kind of was doing stuff. And once, once he did it, like, um, you know, telling, telling the stories that he was telling, you know, that kind of, you know, well, well, you know, why can't I do that? Uh, Hopefully lit a spark up and, you know, not just me, but um, a lot of other filmmakers. So, I mean, I, I keep an eye, like there are guys like, uh, Steve Judd, uh, Sterling Harjo, um, Julie Branham and Missy Whiteman, Mark Williams, uh, Jeff Palmer. They're all, um, doing such great amazing work and I, I look up to um not just them but just anyone really if, if, if picking up a camera i think is kind of inspiring um it's, it's not easy um but uh but it can be done and if you have a, a kind of that drive um uh i think that's uh that's that's really important and that now kind of now i'm, I'm talking about um Filmmakers, and I feel like I should backtrack a little bit. Um, uh, growing up, I, I had, uh, you know, all these film influences, but I also, um, I'm a big, big comic book fan. I've uh, discovered comics at a very er- early age, and um, uh, kind of the the crazy stories that comics tell, um, and kind of that's such a visual medium anyway, in addition. So it's, it's almost comparable to filmmaking in in the visual sense, because you're almost looking at storyboards, um, or kind of visual representations of what could make it on screen. And that kind of gave me a lot of ideas, uh, at at a young age. And still, I mean, I still read comics today. I, I, you know, I don't think there's any, any, I I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like lately it's almost geared toward, I'm not sure if it's geared toward adults more. Um, uh, but, um, yeah. And, uh, even reading, reading comics kind of, that's, uh, I feel like developed my, my, um, uh, Oh, I, I just went blank. Um, developed my, um, my vocabulary. Cause, uh, a lot of comics use a lot of big words. <laughs> it, it depends. <laughs> it, it depends on what you read, I suppose. But, oh yeah. um, 
I felt like I would see a word and I, I'm like, what does this mean? I'd either ask mom or dad. Uh, mom mom's was an English teacher. And so I'd always I'm like, you know, what, what does this mean? So that kind of in, in a weird way, and I, I don't know, it's, it seems silly, but I always go back to, you know, you know going to college is great. Um, I, 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 a lot, a lot of my vocabulary stemmed from reading comics at a very young age. Um, and, uh, and just, uh, yeah, just the kind of the crazy stories that they, that they tell is, um, to this day, I still kind of, um, those give me kind of inspiration. So, um, yeah, growing up, that's kind of, that's been, that's been my, my influences. I think there's, uh, there's quite a bit there when, when talking about the connection of, uh, I think that that creativity link between, uh, comic books and film. I mean, obviously these days with, uh, the DCU and the MCU, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, as you might know, I, I, um, I have my master's in storyboarding Yeah, yeah. and part of that curriculum was taking, um, graphic novel, uh, courses. And so three of my courses, and I am drawing a blank on his name now, but, um, yeah, he was a comic book artist and creator back in the eighties and worked with, uh, Jim Lee and, um, uh, the X factor, um, cable creator. Oh, um, uh, Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, this, the, the standards that he has and the things that he put through those guys through, uh, really made it one of the, one, the, one of the hardest courses I took in school, oh, wow. but also, um, he, he had such a high standard and it applied to a lot of the, the work that we did as, as a storyboard artist, um, pretty intense experience, but yeah, um, as you're talking about, uh, the connection of the comics and, um, and film, I, I completely agree. I think there is a, a direct link, especially with standards. Um, the standards that those artists are held to is, is something, is something else. Oh, absolutely. So how have you developed your career? Um, I know you're in college right now, uh, so there's there's not really a post-college question, but you you were doing film far before you were in college. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's a normal path to take when going to college. Um, mine was certainly far from it. Um, I, right out of high school, I... I I, I, I made my, my, I made my first short film and it, it was on VHS. So I mean, film, film, film and film, when you say film, this kind of, you're not re- necessarily referring to the physical film. Uh, I mean, you, you mm-hmm. know that, um, but, uh, but it was on VHS, but I made, I made my first film in high my first VHS film in high school. And, uh, it turned out really well. And I was, I kind of, I won, a, I won an award in my mm-hmm. media class. And, uh, that was, I was really exciting. So I was writing that into going into college. I'm like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to make this really big impact. And so I, uh, got accepted to OU. I took, I did all the things you're supposed to do. I took my ACT and SAT and, uh, I forget what the score I got on it. It, it was, it was okay. I, I, uh, um, but I got into OU and I went to their fine arts program and I did not like it one bit. I, um, uh, with the fine arts program and, and at the time I didn't like it. Uh, looking back, I kind of wish I would have done things a little different. Um, 
there's a lot of um, intro to drawing and kind of with the, the way the program's set up. Um, uh, you spend a semester in your intro, your studio classes, and then from there you apply to what department, fine arts department you want. Um, so, you know, I applied for film, like I'm film. That's, that's what, what else am I going to do? Um, and I didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't take me. I, they put me in, um, photography and, um, and I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, I was a little more uh, headstrong back then, I guess. And also my grades weren't that great. Either. I should probably mention my grades could have been better. So I, I'm like, man, forget this theory stuff. So I, I stopped going to, I stopped going to OU. Um, and so a couple of years passed, I think. And then, um, the Oklahoma city community college, uh, created a program, um, their, their film and media studies. Um, this would have been around 2002 when I went, and so I, once again, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in. I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And, uh, OCCC has a really good technical program. They, they did, they, they really do now. Uh, back then they, 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 they also did, they have industry professionals. Um, Gray Fredrickson's, uh, one of the, the head guys, he, he produced the Godfather and apocalypse now. And, um, and, uh, it, it was, it was an up and coming, the, the, the program was relatively new when I started. And so I was there for a year and once again, I don't know what happened. I just, uh, it wasn't anything that they did. I just kind of, I, I took a handful of courses and they were good. I, I had one really, Fritz Kirsch who directed, um, the children of the corn. I took a lighting course with him and he taught, taught me a lot of things about, uh, lighting, uh, in cinema and how, how to, uh, lighting's like painting. Um, I thought that was fascinating, but for some reason, once again, I, I'm like, well, you know, I could do this on my own. So, <laughs> and that's something, um, you hear occasionally and there, there is some truth to this. Uh, you don't necessarily need a degree to, get into filmmaking. Now, I, 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 by saying that, I am not trying to discourage anybody <laughs> from going to school um, at all. Um, but it, it can be done. Um, it's necessarily not necessarily uh, what you know, it's how well you can do it. I, I'm, I think I'm saying that, I'm probably saying that wrong. But if you're really good at something in the film world, um, you can probably just do it. Now, that being said, I, I kind of, I did, I, I quit going to OCCC and then started doing short films. Uh, I consider on a professional level, um, because of the people I worked with, I kind of, I wrote a few scripts, um, at the time I had a really good writing partner, uh, uh, named Ryan, Ryan Collins. And we, we did some kind of more, more, more elaborate stuff than I was used to, um, as uh, as far as the technical on a technical level i had my own equipment um really well really just a camera but then i um and so we we made these kind of we made one one feature very you know ultra low budget and a lot a lot of shorts we just kind of do it on our time off and um then finally i um, wrote the script and someone at the ou film department, a student, um, got a hold of it. And 
uh, I credit her with introducing me to a whole bunch of people I probably never would have met. And a lot of them were OU students. Uh, one was a professor. Um, he's, he's a professor now. Um, gentleman by the name of Sunrise Tipikani. And we still talk to this day. Uh, I was introduced to all these people and I was introduced to the idea of having a film crew and that was still kind of, that was kind of weird for me because I, I was like, I can do this on my own. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an auteur. <laughs> I can, I can, <laughs> I, I don't need all these people. And I was wrong. Oof, boy, mm. you, uh, filmmaking is such a collaborative process and you have so many amazing, uh, people, uh, to collaborate with, uh, mm-hmm. on, on all, on all levels. And so I was introduced to this whole new world of, um, out, that's out there of, of networking and uh, networking is so important. And, um, so I had this working relationship with a few people for a few years. Um, I had a, I met my producing partner, uh, Jeff Boyd, uh, through, uh, the job that we shared. And, uh, we produced a lot of really strong shorts, uh, three, three that I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, and that I've seen some festival play. And um, it was kind of from there um, that I, I stumbled onto something uh, that kind of changed my life. Um, uh, up, up until then, I hadn't really done anything that was um, specific to, to Native Americans. It was all just, it was just kind of broad. We were making uh, horror movies, we were making uh, kind of these comedies uh you know dramas but um uh i uh, had the fortune of meeting um uh someone i think you're probably familiar with uh gerald cornoyer um uh, yeah Gerald Cornoyer. Yep. <laughs> he uh, uh at the time my dad worked at the oklahoma city indian clinic and um he somehow hooked up with gerald through there through mutual friends um but Gerald, Gerald's an artist, um, and uh, he wanted someone. He was working on a painting, I think, and he wanted someone to document uh, the work he was doing on this painting. Well, I wasn't aware of this, but he was also kind of form or helping to form a group of artists, um, kind of based on. I don't know if I, if everyone's familiar with the Kiowa Five or, or the Kiowa Six. Uh, it's truly it's it's the Kiowa six i think um but um yeah but um it, uh, they were named the Kiowa five uh creating an, an art group kind of um similar name but um the art that they were creating was meant to inspire wellness uh in in people um it, it, it's artwork that could be displayed in um in health clinics and um hospitals and um he was, uh, I, I heard about this. I'm like, well, this is interesting. You know, what, what's, what, tell me more about this group. And, um, it was kind of a rotating roster for a while until it ended up being a, a kind of a core group with, uh, himself, um, Shan Gosshorn, Brent Greenwood, Tom Pula and Holly Wilson. They're all from, all from different tribes, all have different, various different academic backgrounds, but they all kind of want to do the same thing. It was creating a, they had their they had their own and still do have their own um, uh, kind of art careers, but um, but for this it was kind of a, a group that um, was going to really do some good um, for 
for their their own native communities and for you know communities kind of all over the world was was the idea it was kind of kind of hopefully kind of inspire an art movement they, they, they didn't have any they didn't think that they were doing anything you know people had done that movements like or similar movements before they didn't think they were breaking the mold but um that what they were they were coming from a good place and so um i'm taught as, as he's telling me all this i'm talking to him I'm like you know this sounds like you know I, i'd like to explore this maybe as a documentary um and so they were all on board with it and 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 um so that the timeline for that is weird it just things kind of happened really fast we were shooting stuff left and right like they were shooting like art openings we were doing interviews and it was a really long uh kind of a two to three year process we were were just kind of shooting stuff and then um so that kind of shifted my attention more yeah once again toward um uh native stories um um we uh we completed the movie and we've we've had it's it's had a few screenings um we completed it in 2013 and we've had uh i forget how many screenings we've had it it hasn't I'm, i'm still kind of playing with the idea of um continuing or doing a follow-up to it um uh shan goshorn was a extraordinary artist and basket weaver and a native american activist she uh passed away uh oh my gosh two years ago are we coming up on three maybe it was uh two or three years ago um Mm. And so I, my mind always kind of comes back to, to her because she had a really big impact on me. I, the, I, all, of, all of them really have. All of them, being, being the artists and the intellectuals that they are, um, has kind of made me see uh, storytelling in a new light. Um, and to, and there, there can be more meaning than just, you know, a silly comedy or, you know, a goofy horror movie. Um, so we, we, we did complete this documentary and, uh, we're still kind of, it, it gets screenings here and there, but I'm, I'm wanting to follow it up. Um, uh, sequel is the wrong word. Um, it's more, more of a follow up kind of just with what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, my dad has actually, uh, written several short stories, uh, based on, um, the, him, him growing up and then mainly his dad, but growing up in South Dakota, um, uh, he just had a book published, um, the boy from Pickerel Lake, um, over the summer. Um, I'm not sure it's independently published, so, but I mean, there, there are ways to get it, but, um, it, that's, that's a story I would like to uh, translate to the big screen someday, but, um, I'm kind of going all over the place. Uh, as far as my college career, this is, I, I haven't gone back to college at this point. I hadn't gone back to college yet. So, um, I kind of was, I did some uh, freelance work, uh, during this time period. I actually, I did some tribal work. I did, uh, some PSAs for the Kickapoo tribe and actually for my own tribe, the Wichita, I, I did a video for them for their, um, uh, Wichita tribal um, history museum. And then um, I kind of, uh, through the encouragement of others, and then from once again going back to the Urban Indian Five and their um, 
uh, they're all uh, very educated. Um, that kind of, I'm like, I looked at my, my old transcripts from OU and OCCC and then after my initial shock of seeing how bad my grades were, um, <laughs> I, uh, I thought, well, okay, I'll just walk into OCCC. And so I had, I had a, I had a plan in motion. I'm like, OCCC, uh, in the years that I've been, they've really, uh, the program it's, it's now called the digital cinema production program. And that it's come a long way. They have this really state of the art facility and, uh, they have equipment that you can play with that you probably under, under normal circumstances would never get to lay your hands on at least, you know, for, and not have to, you know, rent it. Um, but, um, I went back and finished my, my associates and actually, uh, accidentally got a certificate of mastery for <laughs> digital cinema production. And then, um, I transferred over to OU and I'm um, getting my major in integrative studies with a minor in uh, film and media studies. And I'm on track to graduate uh, this May. And um, I'm actually looking at a, a graduate work. Um, um, I'm not sure. I haven't made a final decision on that yet, but um, I'm enjoying college so much right now. I'm one, I'm kicking myself for not going back earlier. And for another, I don't, I don't want it to end necessarily. So um, I'm all for um, uh, expanding my, the knowledge, uh, expanding my knowledge and, uh, and um, continuing to do that, you know, the older I get. Well, congratulations. That's exciting to hear. Really happy to hear that. Oh, thanks. And it's, yeah, it's great that you're looking at the, at the next step at the next level. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, when I, when I finished, um, my schooling, uh, I picked up a, um, a mentorship, uh, and it was a year long mentorship with storyboarding. And there was a lot of discussion about the value of, of either going to college, uh, for this craft or to, um, figure it out on your own. And, you know, there, there's two, there's two fields of thinking there. And I think, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about going to the biggest school, you know, it's not, it's not important to, to go to, um, uh, USC, you mm -hmm. know, or, um, what, what, what's in New York, the big, the big film school in New York. Um, uh, well, I know NYU the, or, yeah, yeah. Tish. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's about, I think, um, I think the biggest thing about school is, is finding those connections, creating your network and really just finding like-minded people. Um, I'm kind of excited listening to you talk about this because I think there's a lot of parallels in my life, you know, along with yeah. yours. Um, I was fortunate enough, uh, to get to know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola and some of the people surrounding him. Ooh. And I've, I've had, uh, I had this conversation with him once, uh, it's about 20 years ago now. Um, and he talked about the biggest thing in school, especially in film school is to find your crew, find the people that you're going to be able to connect with and keep going back to them and develop each other, um, develop your careers together. And so, yeah, film is a collaborative process and it's something to, to really, um, try to establish that early on. So you can have good, long, productive careers together. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, he, he, that, that's right on the nose. Um, and a lot of my collaborators have gone on to, 
uh, have great careers. I got to, to the point where, you know, I, I'm kind of jealous that they're not here right now with me, um, uh, uh, making films here, but yeah, though they've gone on to like LA and New York and it's, 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 it's neat watching them, um, kind of grow in, in those areas. But yeah, uh, finding, finding your crew collaboration, uh, is so vital to, to this, to this process and um and and going to school you, you you make those connections and you make those connections with your professors and and with your peers and yeah you're absolutely right it doesn't matter if it's the biggest or quote unquote the best as long as you have that network and your loyal your um your your loyal crew with you yes uh, and or or you can be a part of a big crew you don't have to you know necessarily be in charge but just being being in that creative process is so satisfying um, I, I, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. That's exciting to hear. Yeah. It's, it, it's neat to hear, um, someone talk about sort of the same similar, uh, experiences. Cause it kind of feels like what you're hearing in other places makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, and, and you've, you've touched on this quite a bit, so we can, we can move beyond this if you'd like, but how have you sought opportunities or how have they found you over the years? Um, yeah, once again, uh, uh, connections. I mean, this is a business of connections. It's, uh, you know, what, what, you know, it's what, you know, but it's, it's also who, you know, which, you know, can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, uh, but for sure, you know, you want to have a kind of, you, 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 you want to have a nurturing environment and then on that nurturing environment, it would, you, you apply this to anything, not just, you know, filmmaking, you know, you do family life. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you, you want people, once you start having people work with you and then you'll hear about other opportunities and it just kind of, it just kind of happens, uh, naturally. Um, and then especially with, you know, Oklahoma, even with COVID-19 going on, um, the film industry in Oklahoma is really booming. And I mean, they're ta- they're doing all the, all the, protocols necessary i haven't worked on a film set since uh covid hit um so i'm not i haven't been around all the the safety measures that they're taking but but it's happened i I do talk to people that are working on on films Mm -hmm. we have we have i think a dozen at least a dozen productions happening right now with more coming so i mean oklahoma is really a, a good place to be making movies they're talking about we have our cox convention center in oklahoma city i, I sound like i'm i'm promoting oklahoma filmmaking now but <laughs> just, do it uh, yeah <laughs> uh, um but um but yeah oklahoma has tax incentives we're gonna have this hopefully it's not i don't think it's finalized yet but we're gonna have this, this this studio um in in downtown oklahoma city right in the middle of downtown so really um yeah networking that, that's how i get my opportunities uh and it's not always for jobs, you know, that are the most uh, creatively satisfying, but I don't think there is a job, you know, you're going to have bad experiences on, on jobs, but I mean, it's an experience. So, you know, you can move beyond it and be like, well, I don't want to do that again. Or, you know, um, or that was, you know, great. I can't wait to work with this person the next mm-hmm. time. So yeah, yeah. Get to know your actors and your crew people, go to film festivals, you know, they're mainly online now, but they have, uh, well, zoom components and, uh, um, go to film screenings, 
just, yeah, just try to, and wherever, I mean, wherever you're located in the world, I mean, there's probably going to be an active film community somewhere. I, I would hope. Um, I, I'm sure there are exceptions to that, but, um, um, but yeah, just kind of get out there and, uh, and, and be patient. Uh, I, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, whatever, whatever it is you want. It's probably not going to happen right away. And things kind of, well, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, I think, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Just getting, uh, just getting out there and, um, uh, networking is the, the, the biggest thing I can, I can say. Um, actually, uh, uh someone, uh, Steve Judd, I, I saw him speak at a, at a campus a few years ago and he, he kind of compared it to being in working in the, um, restaurant industry. Um, typically in the restaurant industry, a lot of people know each other, um, just from like hanging out or, you know, getting off work and going to other restaurants or working at other restaurants. And that same thing can, that can be applied to, to uh, the film industry. You just, you, you, you're just getting out there. You're, you're getting these different jobs uh, or you're, you're meeting these people at, at different events. And so, yeah, that, that, I, that, that analogy has always stuck with me and I, I appreciate him for, 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 for saying that. I, uh, I had spoken with um, a couple. I've had a couple of conversations this, uh, more over the summer uh, after COVID hit, and yeah, a lot of productions, especially a lot of independent productions, uh, shut down. Um, a friend of mine uh, who had left LA, um, he was working on his first feature, and of course, um, they they had to shut down. Uh, I was working on a feature, and we got shut down Ooh. over the summer. So, um, yeah, it's it's sort of hitting a lot, but. You know, then I have um, a couple of uh, friends uh, working out of Austin, and they've they've got solid work for the next two years, I think. Um, but they work on they work on the big features. Yeah, yeah. And I w- was chatting with him, and I asked him. I said, "Well, you know, you know, L.A. is sort of the the hub, you know, and it's it's been the hub." Um, and but what I'm hearing are people are getting away from from LA. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you know, it's, um, states are being, you know, they're more attractive now with the tax incentives. And just for the fact that we don't have to go to one place to make movies anymore. Yeah. And so he said that if there's, um, if there's a place to go, uh, one would be Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia is just huge right now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, uh, Oakland was another one or not Oakland, sorry. Um, Oklahoma. And Texas, so I don't know if there's uh, something happening in the South um, that is drawing a lot of uh, professionals away. Maybe it's just expensive living in California. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I lived in the Bay Area uh, a couple times over the years, and it's just not. It's, <laughs> just you know, uh, my wife is a physician, you know, and um, I was flirting with some of the, the studios up there. And even at that, it would, it would be tough to live up there. So, you know, yeah, every, why not yeah. move yeah. elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of people saying, well, when are you moving to LA? And I, and I, I come back with what you just said. I'm like, well, you don't have to necessarily. I mean, if you watch any movie or show, uh, if you watch to the end credits, you'll see a big old peach, uh, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, they shot that in Georgia and it's, uh, um, 
uh, New Mexico's, uh, there's a big, there's a big hub too. Um, so yeah, yeah. You don't have to necessarily, you know, LA that's kind of, I mean, obviously it's still a big hub. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening yeah. now with, uh, with all the, with the COVID stuff, but I mean, yeah, all over the place really. Uh, yeah, especially, yeah, I don't know what's going on in the South. It's, it's, uh, we're, I don't know what's going on. We're, we're just, we're, we're making movies here. Well, I think people realize they, they don't have to go to one place anymore. Yeah. You know, um, even a friend who works at Pixar, um, because of the the financial situation, they lost their apartment, and so they have to move. And I asked them, I said, "Well, what what happens with your gig at Pixar?" And uh, they said, "Well, no, it's it's fine. I can work remote. I, I have a Cintiq, so we can just uh, I can live wherever and and still work." So yeah, yeah. I don't think California, as much as I love California, um, yeah, it's not yeah. necessary anymore. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh, um, before we get to the last question, uh, you know, I've, I've come to know you over the years online. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sort of my Halloween countdown, uh, <laughs> awareness yeah. with, uh, with your films and your interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your, your love of, of the Halloween season? Um, yeah, that, you know, that kind of goes back to childhood, uh, with dressing up and trick or treating and, uh, um, I didn't always like horror movies. Um, I, they, they used to terrify me. I'd forget when, uh, if you played the Jaws theme, forget it. I was, I was running out of the room screaming. Um, and I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a teenager. I was probably, I was probably like five <laughs> or something. And so it's, you know, kind of not that perfectly natural to be scared of, uh, a, a, a creature from the depths of the ocean with razor sharp teeth. Um, but, um, so yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of them. I, I, I was easily scared. And then, uh, just their kind of experimentation, I would, you know, watch parts of a movie part, uh, my cousin would bring over alien or aliens and I'd kind of watch those through covered eye or through, through my eyes covered. Um, and, uh, and once the 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 image the images I was seeing were were, were interesting, but then I guess kind of the rush of watching a, a horror movie, you know, you've heard people compare it to like it's like a roller coaster ride or it's cathartic, you know, you're 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 exercising exercising these fears, um, and uh, and after afterwards, it's 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 a you're you're, you're it's a cathartic experience uh, from survive surviving that. Um, um, so yeah, that kind of, I, I, I would go to the video store and I would binge, binge on horror movies. The ones I was allowed to watch. I, I did, they, they did kind of watch, you're like, you can't, you can't watch that movie with the sexy lady on the cover with that's the vampire. And he's like, you're not old enough for that. So I, I would have to, <laughs> I, that would come later. I would, I, I would see that, that other kid. Sorry, mom. I, I, I did watch those eventually. Um, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and then, um, we, we, we went, we kind of would go on a slasher movie kick for a while. And then at one point we were, we were talking about this the other day with, with my niece and nephew, um, Dad was like, you, you you don't like scary movies. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, look at this, you know, Puppet Master. This, this is scary. I'm like, that's not scary. 
It's like, oh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like, no, no, it's not very scary. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you should watch um, this movie. So he he brought home The Exorcist. And I was, I, I'm trying to remember how old I was when I saw that. Because my oldest nephew is 10. And we were teasing him about watching it. And then I, I thought, I don't know if he's old enough for that. But then I thought, well, when was I, when did I watch that? I must have been 11 or 12, I think, when I saw The Exorcist. And, you know, that is, um, you know, I, I grew up. Mom's Catholic, so um, uh, that's a that's a terrifying movie, and I, you know, <laughs> it's a you know it's it's a slow movie too. But we didn't take our eyes off the screen until it started getting scary, and then yeah, we had blankets, and we were like, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> and so that kind of just kept going. Um, my my discovery of The Shining, and then. Um, what are some other really scary ones? Like the Omen. The Omen gets a lot of flack. I think I think it's a scary movie. Um, mm. uh, and just kind of kept going and going. And then um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I that led to my fascination with kind of making horror movies uh, at a young age. And I did that once again when we were doing like the, v, the VHS era. And then. Um, I, I eventually just started studying them more and more. I discovered like Italian cinema and Italian, uh, it's called, it's Giallo. And, um, and a lot of the really obscure movies from the seventies. And then I keep going back to, um, the, the black and whites, the, the hammer movies, the, the universal, um, monster movies. They're kind of almost, sort of the first film noir movies are really certainly um, uh, kind of influenced by German expressionism. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say the German. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm getting that in, in film school right now. Got a lot of, a lot of film history, um, which I'm, I'm loving. But yeah, just I've, I've, I've never outgrown the, the horror movie um, experience so much that I'm, I, I don't even do it. You know, I, I do Halloween countdowns every year just uh kind of i do it for fun but then i also like to keep writing um just keep i i try to write something every day anyway but then in halloween seasons it's even more exciting because it's um uh, like uh joe was saying I, I do kind of a countdown and it's just kind of a daily a movie a day and then i write kind of a synopsis and then what I think of it. It's usually, I don't ever write anything really bad or negative. Um, it's, I, I try to keep it positive, but, uh, just cause it encourages people to go explore, ultimately encourage them to explore, uh, movies that they may not have seen or movies that they may want to revisit. And, uh, I'm glad people get something out of it. Uh, that's, that's exciting, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, I've got a, an awesome idea for a horror movie I want to make someday. Um, Someday we'll see. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's my horror horror thing. Well, they're appreciated for sure. Oh, so no. it's a lot of good information. Ah, thanks. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Mm. So, what would you want to say to an, the eighteen-year-old or the twenty-two-year-old uh, listening to this right now? Um, what I would say is. Uh, be persistent, especially if it's something that you want to do uh, with your life or your career. But you know, at the same time, you want to be realistic. Um, 
things aren't going to always go the way you want, you know, things change, you know, maybe you want to do something else. Uh, life, you know, life happens. Um, now, and, and I, I mentioned earlier, I, I never would ever suggest uh, not going to college. I'm, I'm going to come back and say now, I, I, you know, college is a great experience. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, turned off by the idea of, uh, of the, the financial problems that colleges can bring um, uh, or relocating. And like now, you know, you can do you can do stuff online and still get a lot out of it. Um, there are so many scholarship opportunities. Um if you look at my situation, I flunked, I flunked out twice. I don't think I said flunked out. Actually, I flunked out of, of school twice and I've come back and I've, I've, uh, I don't know if I can come back from that. I think, um, uh, student, other potential prospective students can do that. I mean, I'm about to finish my bachelor's and I'm, and I'm considering grad school. I never would have thought that to maybe even a year ago. And I never would have thought that, but you know, like I said, things change. Um, and I don't know, training is really important to me. I mean, you can, you know, it's possible to be self-taught in any area, but I mean, once again, going back to like your mentors and your peers, you can learn so much from everybody else. And, and you, and whether it be, you know, academia or tech school or art school, um, what you want to do is you, I feel like you, sh you should want to surround yourself with creative individuals in, in, in the creative field. Now that, that, that doesn't apply to everything, but you want to surround yourself. Uh, I, I feel like with positive, um, positive people who are going to want to get you to, who, who want you to want to see you succeed. Um, and, uh, and real quick, uh, I, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, my dad has a philosophy, uh, as far as uh, writing is concerned, um, he calls it fact-based fiction, um, fact-based fiction. And um, I, uh, that, that theory has always kind of stuck with me. Basically, you know, you're writing what you know, and you see that a lot. I mean, you know, there's truth in everything that you kind of, to, to some degree of what you read or what you see. And, uh, but like I kind of actively will, think about that theory of, of fact-based fiction when I'm writing. And a lot of that I got from my college experiences and from my experiences of being around other people. Um, and so, yeah, you just want to embrace um, other people's love of what you're doing, of what they're doing. And, uh, and, um, and I don't know, you sh hopefully you'll, you'll find success in that. Matt, this has been great. Uh, can where can people find your work and uh, yeah, check out your stuff? Um, I have a website. Website it's uh, lowdown entertain lowdownentertainment dot com lowdown hyphen entertainment dot com, and that's got links to like I've got a YouTube and a Vimeo link with all sorts of stuff on it. And really, that's and that's my production company. If you um, Google low down entertainment it should you'll get all sorts of i've got stuff all over the place um but uh, yeah the website's uh, the the best place to go to go look for for recent stuff mad thank you so much for this this is an absolute pleasure joe uh, the, the pleasure is all mine thank thank you thank you
And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Matt again for his time and sharing his story with us. You know, this this episode was a lot of fun. Um, I really wanted to jump in more with with my stories uh, because we have like this oddly parallel story to my own uh, from issues with uh, my undergrad program when I was a fine arts student to uh, just my my interest and my training uh, for film. Um, it's always really fun when I can talk to somebody who really understands film. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, also, too, um, this conversation was a long time coming. Uh, I've been following Matt for years and his his enthusiasm for uh, Halloween and horror films is extremely infectious. And so if you don't follow him, you should follow him on social media. Uh, what he has is, is almost like a masterclass in in film horror and great trivia and it's just a good education so it's a lot of fun and so i've been enjoying the last month so matt thank you for that more importantly i want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what i feel is a very important story and perspective from our community so please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person i'm joe williams you can find me at canna that's c-a-n-a-a creativity among native american artists on facebook or at the plainsart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and so on and so on. If you can't find us on your favorite platform, let us know and we'll we'll get added on there as well. So also, if you have a suggestion for someone for me to interview, please reach out to Facebook. I would really like to hear from you. All right, take care and we will see you next week.